Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. On tonight's episode, I had the pleasure to talk to Bill Brumbuck. He is uh, one of the founders of BroCR Media. I don't know if you've checked this out on Facebook or Instagram, but they're all the time making a bunch of cool videos about Spartan racing and OCR, and they're usually pretty funny too. You definitely want to check it out. Uh, the other guy that helped founded it is uh, Jacob Bosecker, and we'll talk about him in this episode also. Uh, but I interviewed him on episode 23, so go back to listen to that if you want to. Go back and listen to all the episodes, because they're all great, okay? Except for the first one. The first one really sucks. We just want to forget about that one. Um, so, BroCR was also on Obstacle Dominator... I think it was last week or a week before it was a good episode too if you're not listening to obstacle dominator you need to check it out because obstacle dominator is a very funny podcast with hunter mcintyre and benny gifford on it um let's see will hicks with uh the world's toughest podcast he did an interview with uh joe decena of spartan race last week also and it was a really really good episode he breaks down the Spartan race at Big Bear just like uh, he does all the the uh, the toughest mutter races too. It was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to Russ Blatt. I don't know if I'm saying his name right or not. So he put up a post in one of the OCR groups, I guess about a week ago, a couple of weeks ago. And it was, and uh, well, let me back up. Russ Blatt is the founder and creator of OCR Buddy, which is an app you can download to your phone. And he's not sponsoring me, and I'm not going to say anything cool about a product unless I I think it's cool. So uh, anyway, so he, he put up a post that says, name an OCR race and... If it's one that he doesn't have on his app, he'll give you a free code to get the app. I don't know how much it costs. So I named one. There's a local uh, YMCA OCR that's like 30 minutes away from my house. And it's like the first annual uh, OCR event there. So I figured he wouldn't have that one. And sure enough, he didn't. So I got a free code to download the uh, app. And... I'm here to tell you guys, this app's pretty cool. I mean, it's got an amazing search engine in the app where you can search for all the races, a certain brand of race, and you can, like, filter it all out. Um, and there's a lot of races I'd never even heard of on there. So, And it's just a good way to schedule your own events that you got planned out for the year and maybes that you're thinking about doing. And if your friends are on the app, it'll show them and the races that they've chosen to go to. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's always a bunch of cool apps on the phone. But if you're into OCR, I suggest uh, at least checking this one out and reading it up. Because if you do a lot of races... You know, because all the time, you know, I'm talking to friends or people at work about, well, I think I might be out of town for that race. And, you know, I don't I don't know exactly what the date is. And then I have to go and look for it. And this app right here is really good for keeping up with that stuff. Uh, I mean, like I said, I got it for free. So, but it's still a very cool app. But anyway, enough of me blabbing. Here's the interview with me and Bill Brumbuck. What's up, everybody? I got Briel Bumbuck from BroCR on the phone with us today, and he's going to tell us about how freaking awesome he is. What's up, Bill? <laughs> Not much, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. So, Bill, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. 
gosh. Um, I mean, there's not like a whole lot to talk about. I've just been doing OCR for uh, five years. And before I started doing OCR, I, w- I did stand-up comedy around the uh, Indianapolis area. No and, way. Uh, yeah, so I kind of one stand-up comedy was like it was. I was really passionate, really into it. And uh, then I got bit by the OCR and the fitness bug, and didn't have time to like go hit the nightclubs, hit the, hit the comedy clubs, work on routines and whatnot. And uh, kind of threw myself into OCR, and then met Jacob Bosecker, uh pretty much like a year later uh, at a like a crappy beer 5k run in Indianapolis <laughs> and we yeah it was like so weird that we met that way and uh we started traveling across the United States and doing um Spartan races together specifically and we had this idea of launching like a podcast uh which you know didn't come to fruition and instead we went with the video series for OCR and it gave me a chance to kind of refocus that stand-up comedy energy and uh start doing fun stuff and making fun videos with friends and just having fun uh, highlighting the athletes who do Spartan Race and other OCRs, since we've kind of you know ventured away just from just from doing Spartan Race, and um, it's been a blast. It's been a blast, and so thank you for having me on. And, you know, I, I met you in uh, West Virginia officially last year, and yeah. we were chatting about some cross promotion. And uh, I think that you're going to be in West Virginia again this year, right? Oh heck yeah! Oh dude, I'm ready for that butt hurt. So we can do some like too, stuff man. there. I know, like last year, it was like kind of crazy. Spartan had us working like really hard surprisingly um oh, for yeah. them. and um we're kind of doing a more independent approach this year so we're gonna have a lot more fun a lot more time to shoot some fun videos and we'd love you to come on and be a part of that oh man i'd love to and if anybody hasn't you know liked their uh, facebook page or on instagram they have some of the funniest videos that they've done at like different spartan races where they've done the uh the dunk wall confessions and My particular favorite, and I think it may have been at West Virginia, where people would throw the spear, and if they missed it, y'all would, like, give them something to finish the race with. Spear dare, yep, that was a fun one to shoot, too. (laughs) Because I remember you gave somebody a shake weight, and you told them they had to do the rest of the race with a shake weight. I'm pretty sure we uh, we made a, an enemy for life <laughs> at that particular uh, venture. Uh, but no, um, I really do appreciate that. That's a very high compliment to uh, to pay me and to pay Brociar. If you enjoy our videos, that's what we want to do. Is we want people to have fun watching the videos because we have fun at the races. And if it gets more people out to race, then hey, mission accomplished. Yeah. And you said you were from Minnesota. Is that what you said? Indianapolis. No, I've not been to Minnesota, oh. and from judging from the low temperatures, I have no desire to ever go there, especially in the winter. Um, maybe in the summertime, but uh, I've, I've lived all over the United States. My father was a Marine, so I have a very East Coast, West Coast, um, Deep South. I, I've you know pretty much been everywhere except Northeast for whatever reason, and uh, you know this is about as far Midwest as I'm ever going to get. Right. I, no I guess I, like anybody I, who lives out there. I heard you say Indianapolis, and I thought you said Minneapolis. <laughs> it's a very common, uh, very common, uh, uh, you know, problem that people. It's, it's they're so close, so yeah. Western cities, yeah, very easily confused. And 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 so and your partner in crime is Jacob. Uh, shoot, how do you say his last name? I don't want to jinx it. I, I, you you can call him bitch tits because that's what I call him. <laughs> it's Brosecker, isn't it? Brosecker is his Instagram handle, but it's Bosecker. You know, sometimes Bo-Secker. I call him like Bos. Yeah, Bos or something like that. And, right. Uh, he normally will answer to like many different monitors. And so y'all are like best friends now, right? And y'all met racing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we, uh, we met racing, and like we like so, like I said, we met at a beer five k, and um, we didn't really really solidify our friendship until we went to Wintergreen in two thousand fourteen. Which, if anyone ever talks about that race, like it was just it's epic, like a a world of butt hurt, like gnashing of teeth. And we we drove out there. He had just got back from um, Spartan Hawaii weekend, uh, where he proposed to his like now wife. Oh wow! And I talked him into going to Wintergreen. Like, man, it's only a super. It's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. Like, I'll. I'll drive the whole way, and it's like a ten to twelve hour drive. That's so what it was for me. He's just, yeah, it's it's horrible. It's like it's yeah. not a very fun drive. And uh, he's, just, I was like, just ride in the car. I'll drive the whole way. We get there. We like got a campground that we're staying at, like <laughs> maybe forty five minutes away from the venue. It monsoons that night, soaks us out of the tent. Oh my we gosh. got like maybe two hours of sleep, and then we go and race like this epic tour, <laughs> and just had our our asses handed to us. 
and then just like silence the entire like twelve hours on the way home. Like we really, <laughs> we really contemplated. This was a like, stupid like, idea. <laughs> this is a stupid sport. Like, are we going to continue in this sport? So we had that like come to Jesus moment where we decided that you know, yeah, we're going to keep doing it. And then we did Vermont like a month after that, and that was just it was a repeat of the exact same thing, except <laughs> instead of it being like ten miles, it was seventeen miles of pure fun. <laughs> So this beer 5K that you met him at, was it like one of those runs where you like drink a beer every mile or something like that? Like every 1K you drink like a beer and it's just like, they get progressively worse. Like I hate IPAs. I hate, they all, they want, they make me want to vomit. Like if I just drink them in general. Right. And, uh, so they had like the last like two, like K's, like the last two, like of the five, were IPAs. I'm like, no, you guys are assholes. <laughs> like, absolutely. You're going to make me like bomb so hard. And like, this is like, I'm the competitive, I've, I used to be a competitive road runner. I'm not anymore because I'm on trails and doing OCRs. Right. And I don't weigh 110 pounds. So right. they're like vying for like a top 10 spot. And I'm like, if I drink these beers, I'm going to puke, like legitimately going to puke. <laughs> and uh, I drink him anyways. And Jacob's behind me like a few places back, like switching off with one of those elevation training masks. <laughs> with another former uh, another friend and <laughs> so we were all about gimmicks back then and uh but no we, we just met that way and afterwards we got to chatting like he had a pretty good time i had a slightly faster time and we were talking about like oh what we were gonna like do it just so happened that he was in the spartan race and that was the first year that i had planned on like doing spartan race competitively and i was uh, getting ready to fly down to miami for um, the Miami Super Weekend, because that no longer exists anymore. Yeah. And uh, we kind of talked about it, and we talked about maybe joining, like, a, not creating, like, a team in the Midwest, um, which back then was called Project Titan, and um, kind of just went from there. Uh, met at the Indiana race, which is a, one of the first Spartan races they ever really had in the Midwest, and uh, suffered together brutally, because it was a muddy, muddy course. And, uh, you know, you, you battle with your bros, like, in the trenches, and they become, like, friends and family for life. You know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, it, pretty much the way you and uh, Jacob met is the same way me and my buddy Michael met. We met at the Ohio Beast in 2015, and we're, like, best friends now. Oh, that was a fun race, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was very fun. That was my first I beast. Think you went through, that was your first beast? That was um, the first time I've experienced four seasons in um, one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It was a rough race, but I mean, it was fun. It was. I mean, crossing oh, that yeah. finish line was epic to me, and that was hot too. It was hot. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I remember I got hypothermia after that beast race. So it's just amazing. Like everyone had like a different experience to take away, especially Joe DeSena, who was like bound to a wheelchair uh, for that particular race. For the um, I'm I'm not sure if it was Oscar Mike or if it was. Um, one or the adaptive athlete, but it was one of those um, 501c3s that got him to come out there and do the Ohio Beast in a wheelchair. So, yeah. oh man, uh, that's, one of, that's one of the things that I like about Spartan Race is that you know you have a founder and CEO who actually does the race, and he like he sticks to his guns, like he yeah. trains, he lives the lifestyle. Yeah, he does. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, man, I saw a lot of. Uh, the videos you posted when you went to Big Bear, I guess it was two weeks ago. Man, that looked like an awesome, awesome race. I watched the whole thing on the live feed. It looks so cool. Tell us a little bit about it, man. Oh, it was an amazing venue. Um, the cell phone reception was kind of poor. <laughs> but uh, that's, you know, not what I'm concerned about whenever I'm out in the mountains. Um, but it had just, like, breathtaking views. And I remember, like, you know, just thinking to myself, I'm lucky to be out here. I'm lucky to be racing this race. Like, and just take in some of the, the scenery. And it was just like yeah. breathtaking at the top of the mountain. Cause we went up to the top a couple of different times. And, uh, if you're not familiar, it was a 12.2 miles with 5,000 feet of elevation gain. Wow. Uh, really toast legs. Um, it was a combination of three things that I'm not very well suited for that elevation, uh, mountains and distance. So I don't know what I was doing there, but I really don't have any regrets. <laughs> it's going to be a great training race for like West Virginia. Um, oh, very for sure. Very dry climate. Oh goodness! Like it, I think that I mean, that's honestly, and I was telling people uh, that was the hardest race that I've done since Wintergreen and Vermont in 2014. Yeah, like yeah. that's easily the third hardest race of my entire start racing career, which I know that you keep count, and I just started keeping count too when I saw your post. I think that was my, my that was my 53rd race. 
Yeah. Uh, since I started doing Spartan. So that, that speaks to how, um, trying that course is. It, it truly is a challenge. And, uh, I think that if you have, if you have the money and the resources, it's well worth the, uh, the trip out there. It's beautiful, but you can make like a long weekend of it. Uh, kill yourself on Saturday and just know that you accomplished something. Like it's, it's, I honestly think like crossing that finish line is a huge accomplishment because there are a lot of people that didn't get to cross the finish line mm. from time hacks and from just like wow. walking off the course. Like so sad. Like there were um, there were so many sandbags abandoned at the second sandbag carry. Just everyone was just like, I can't do this anymore. They just dropped them and walked off. Wow. Yeah, I know, and I heard they had the double sandbag, too. D- did you run a lead, or did you run age group? I did age group. Um, just to kind of, like, I need the points for the uh, the U.S. Championship Series and the World uh, Series. Yeah. Uh, and I skipped, I skipped Seattle. I was there, but I skipped it to help Spartan with the live feed um, behind the camera. And so oh, I knew, cool. like, I need the points, and uh, Brave Soldier was going to be out there anyway, so I was, like, working the booths whenever I wasn't, you know, murdering myself on the uh, course but um, it was, uh, I did the age group, and I remember when I got to the first sandbag carry, like, well, Steve Hammond, like, had sandbagged us. You know, the pun is totally intended, because we had posted on our Instagram that there was going to be a double sandbag carry in Big Bear, and he yeah. commented, no, it's going to be two single sandbags. I was like, that makes sense, because now you have so many people going through now, not just the elite, but you have the age group who are, who are held to the same standard as elite. Like, they can't possibly have, like, enough sandbags for everyone right. to have a double. So I, like, oh, so, so I kind of believe Steve Hammond, but kept that, like, there's probably a double sandbag in the back of my mind, because I know how Spartan is. They're sadistic like that sometimes. Yep. So when I got to the first sandbag, and it was just this tiny little loop, and it wasn't even, like, down and back up. It was just kind of like a little hill. I was like, <laughs> I, I remember, I was, like, swearing out loud, like, this is bullshit. Like, I thought it was going to be harder, because, like, I'm a, I'm a bigger runner now, and so I need the sandbag carries to kind of, like, level the playing field with these hundred and... 30-pound guys that run Spartan Race and can hike all day in the mountains and it doesn't tax them. So, like, I need more carries, guys. And uh, I was upset. And then I got to the second sandbag carry, which was a double. And I was like, no, you get, you, you redeemed yourself. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut from now on. And uh, just seeing people, like, in tears. Like, there were people vomiting. There were people oh vomiting gosh. going up the, uh, the mountain. And uh, so you do the carry, and then you have another steep ascent as soon as you drop the sandbags off. So you literally don't get any break. Wow. Um, I didn't have, like, that much trouble with the sandbags. I set them down more than what I wanted to because, you know, you're around, like, 8,000 elevation at that point in time. And I come from a lovely 800 feet above sea level. Yeah. So I'm just trying just like not me. to, like, kill myself. <laughs> yeah, it's just strategy. And then I remember getting to the top. I was like, oh, this is easy now. So I just put them both on my shoulder and jogged down and dropped them off and going on that uphill next was just horrible and just all the dry heaving people were doing i'd like to think it was the elevation but honestly i kind of feel it was the you know fitness levels or that that stupid carry into that hill so right uh kudos spartan kudos spartan for making a lot of people just hate their life so i think that was the first double sandbag in the national series wasn't it that was actually i was expecting at least one to be in seattle like i was expecting a double sandbag yeah and it, it wasn't there because uh, there was a double sandbag there last year. Yeah. And so this is the first time they've kind of thrown it in. And um, I, I knew it was going to happen eventually. I don't think it will happen in Chicago, uh, to be honest, because if you're familiar with the Chicago course, which I am, because I've flat, it every year they've had it there, it's flat. It yeah. is so flat. And uh, even if they throw in a double sandbag carry, it's not going to slow anybody down. So you may as well just like let them go nuts try to set a course record for speed and let them do one sandbag and let it run it just nice and flat. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that race too. I think that'll be cool. Just a flat race where everybody can go all out. Yeah, exactly. Who do you think is going to win that one? Let's just talk like men and women. Who do you think is going to take that Chicago Super? Man, I, I, I'm, I'm a Woods guy, so I always push for Woods whether if he's at a disadvantage at the race or not. Yeah. So I'm I mean, I I'm all woods. I'm all woods. But I mean, I, th- I I think any of the the Ryans have a chance. Honestly, I, I think they do too. Like I I like um, Ryan Kent to do well there. Uh, probably take home a win. I mean, you can never count Ryan Atkins out. But let's talk about some dark horses. Um, I think that Kirk DeWint and Mike Ferguson have got a good shot because that's their home course. I tell you what, they're doing great this year too. 
they course, absolutely are. You know, and Ferguson did good at Seattle last year, and they were talking about, oh, yeah. it's a dark horse, and, you know, they were acting like they didn't know who it was. I'm like, that's Mike Ferguson. You know? <laughs> Ferguson, he, he does well in the mud. He does well on, like, the flatter courses. And uh, Kirk DeWitt, like, the people aren't giving Kirk any credit. Yeah. He came in fourth in Seattle. Yeah, he did. Like, that's a big going for him. Yeah, he did. Wasn't he, like, sixth or seventh at Big Bear? I can't remember. Um, I don't think he had a very good race there. I know um, he didn't do that as well as he wanted to in San Jose. He was kind of battling at heels. I think I'm thinking about Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent was sixth or seventh, I think. I think Ryan Kent might have been fifth. So, and mm. you know, that's a, I'm glad that he raced that race because that's a good strategy. Uh, I had heard that he wanted to skip that race, but, you know, something happens. You, you want to have at least four races. So I think it's just oh, best yeah. To, yeah, to go ahead and just get your four and then you think the replacement race. With that fifth one, uh, Ryan Adkins skipping um, San Jose, he's kind of locked in to his yeah. performance. All, of, all of his have got to be doing good. Absolutely, and then uh, let's let's like let's not leave the women out. So, who's your pick for uh, the women in uh, in Chicago? Man, Ray is killing it. Uh, I'd like to. See, I mean, I, I, I'm pulling for Faye. I always like to see Faye do good. I would love to see Absolutely. her do you know, do good in this series. But, you know, Ray and Lindsay, you know, they're 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 pretty badass, you know. You gotta give it to those two girls. Absolutely, I mean, you do. And, uh, Raya is I a think, machine, dude. She is a machine. And you can never like I said, with uh, with Ryan Atkins, you can't count uh Raya out, you can't count Lindsay Webster out. That's right. Now, uh knowing that um is gonna be doing um toughest in Michigan this weekend. Yeah. Uh I, my my question is how recovered will she be for a, for a flat Chicago race where speed is gonna be uh the number one um strength for anyone. So for, for that reason I honestly think it's gonna be a a horse race between Faye Stenning and uh, Nicole Miracle. Um, but I'm going to give a little love to Kristen Saab because that's her home course as well. Like, yeah. She's very familiar with the Richmond Hunt Club. I like Kristen. She's really cool, too. She really is Has cool. she been she running all the kind of, races? Has she been running the National uh, she Series? She, I was about to say, she, I hadn't um, seen her. Spoiler. Yeah, she, uh, she took some uh, time off for family obligations. And so she was in Big Bear, and she did really well. She came in the top ten. Um, and knowing how fast she is and, you know, knowing that she's just like kind of putting the running in, like putting the running work in, I still think that she has, you know, a very good chance of coming in like top three. Uh, don't be surprised to see her like on that podium, uh, in Chicago. I, I fully expect it. Oh, I'd love that for her. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's a hometown girl and that's like only an hour away from where she lives, even though it's called the Chicago super, but it's really right there, uh, next to, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, I remember when she passed me in West Virginia. I could tell it was her by her back. She's just got this ripped up back that's just one of a kind, man. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. She's an absolute beast in the gym. Yeah, she is. But yeah, you know, like, but you were talking about Raya, you know, and running, you know, tougher mutter or toughest mutter, whatever they call the eight hour one. <laughs> like the the yeah. last one she did. They said the next day she went and run 10 miles after that. And she that. is, like, she's been putting in that kind of training in Colorado, and she's an absolute, like, just, like, workhorse. Yeah, man. And she has no limit in, to, in terms of what she can do in this sport. And that's why, I mean, she's one of my picks to win the Spartan Race Bowl Championship this year, along with repeat in, uh, as World's Toughest Mothers champion. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that everyone's like you know, the smart money is to put it on like Lindsay Webster, but I think she's she's got that work ethic, she's got that time, she's got she's training at the right altitude and in, in the right conditions now. Oh, I, for um, for world's can, toughest mother, I'd put money on Raya before I put it on Lindsay. I think. Oh, and um, she just needs to stay warm. That's the only yeah. problem that she has is like her her being able to grip things whenever she's cold. Yeah, and it's coming to Atlanta this year, <laughs> so there'll be no problem staying warm there. Uh, well, man, George is funny. You know, you know, we've had 80s in December and we've had snow in December. So you never know what's going to happen down here in November. You know what I mean? That's just how weird it was. We went, it's like we went to Tampa and run the Central Florida Beast the weekend before it was 85 degrees. That next Sunday, it was 39 degrees when we run the sprint. Of course, Spartan comes to town, the weather goes to shit, you know? Of course. They have that weather machine that they've, you know, locked up behind yeah. uh, 
uh, door and key, and they've got it just ready to go whenever they need to make some things a little bit more interesting the next day. It's like Joe, it's like Joe knows, you know, man, no, well, let's schedule it for this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> got it down to a science. Yeah, for real. But, man, I tell you what, it was so cool watching Big Bear and seeing Rhea come to that slip wall, and she couldn't get up it, and her and Faye were both there just trying to get up that wall, and neither one of them could do it. And they finally, Rhea finally grabbed the bottom of one of those knots because they had those short ropes out at first. And that was interesting. If you didn't watch that on live feed, you need to go back and watch it because that was super cool. Was that was that slip wall as steep as it looked? Uh, it, uh, it was going uphill slightly. So uh, by the time I got there, I won't lie, I didn't have a very good race that day. Um, the full ropes were already down, but I can imagine like my legs were shot. So I think it was just a combination of it being slightly uphill, people being taxed from all the. Um, the carries and the elevation, you know, hiking and whatnot, that your legs just didn't want to turn over. Like, I was fine until I hit the dunk wall, then my legs wanted to cramp, and then you have the slip wall next. So, to make it just a little bit more interesting, yeah, let's throw half ropes down and see who's got enough left of gas left in their legs to uh, get up with, like, a ex- little bit of explosive power to hit that rope. And Ray had just so happened to have um, bested Faye that particular yeah. time. And I know Kevin Donahue was on the sideline you know, kind of like giving a few pointers to help uh, Faye finally like get her hand on it uh, so that's way she can get up the rope and maintain her second place. Yeah, Kevin was doing good doing the what they were calling the rabbits or whatever, running around with the cameras. Yep. I think he started with the uh, with the male elites and he stayed with them for a long time and then he stopped and he was feeling them go by and you could just hear him huffing and puffing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, I, I know Kevin Donahue can keep up with them for, like, a good period of time. You know, he's run with them for years. And yeah. watching Steve Hammond do the same thing. Like, I guess someone got a um, video of him rabbiting with them going down a hill and just watching him run that downhill was amazing. He's so majestic and graceful and everything that I could never be as a downhill runner. Oh, yeah. Ke- Kevin Kevin Donahue is probably the coolest guy, in you know, in the Spartan scene, you know. He's so positive, you know. I mean, even in Absolutely. probably the most negative times, Kevin Donahue will still be positive. Absolutely, you know, he will. He's just got the coolest personality. He really does. That's why he's, he's broken. He's family. Yeah. So if, if you go back and if you check out Bill's Instagram, you can see a video of him going underneath the dunk wall, and you can see how wore out he is at this point. <laughs> drunk. <laughs> <laughs> drunk. <laughs> I know, it looked like you were about to spin around and kiss the wall when you come up from under. <laughs> I was so excited to be done with that race. I was just going to kiss all the obstacles. <laughs> so, I was so happy to just be done with that race. Like I was, And I, I don't make any, uh, you know, I, I let this be commonly known. I hate beasts. I hate them. And I, was, I had full intentions of not doing a single beast this year. But what? they changed the point structure of the races. And I was like, well, I have to do them now. Because when you have the um, the point bump in West Virginia of 175% and Tahoe's 200% of the regular points, well, well i got to do them now if I want to be competitive in the uh, right. point series for age group. So thanks thanks for doing that, Spartan. I appreciate <laughs> you bringing me back into beasts. But, I mean, so, but the West Virginia beast, it will also be included in the points as far as that championship series goes too, right? I don't think that it's um, included in the uh, U.S. Championship Series. I think that that's just the five races that they announced. So this is part of the, um, what is it called, the World Series standings. Yeah. So so I, that's, that's, I'm kind of like trying to maintain my points for that. So I right. have to get at least three good regional races, the um, uh, North American Championship in West Virginia, and then Tahoe. So if you do well at pretty much those races, you're guaranteed to be in the top point standings overall at the end of the year. Yeah. Because like if, if, if you race like local races and you do well at like five local races, that's great because you're only getting a maximum of 300 points. Yeah, that kind but of But if you're sucks. racing the U.S. Championship Series, you're getting a maximum of 450 points. If you place first, the, of course. Everybody know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first. First place. So I'm just talking about like maximum points, the total that you can get in any circumstance. So 450 for the U.S. Championship Series. For the North American Championship in West Virginia, you can get 525, and then for Lake Tahoe, you can wow. get 600 points. So the math is just like you have to do those races if you want to be competitive oh, you're in right. the uh, 
World Series standings. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I understand why they do that, but for us poor folk, yeah. it kind of turns it into a money race, you know? I agree, <laughs> and they, they tried to balance it out with the stadium series because the stadium series has a bump, too. And then yeah. the, uh, the mountain series also has a bump as well. Um, but so you have, like, kind of a, a balance in that regard. That there are more mountain races on the eastern part of the United States than there are the western part. Oh, yeah, there so, is. So, um, yeah, so you, you have the chance to kind of keep your points up there, but I, regardless, you can't do anything unless you go to West Virginia and you go to Tahoe. You have to go to those two races yeah. to, to to be competitive in the point standing. So I, I, I agree with you. Like It does take like some money to invest in it, but you know if you really think that you have a shot of being one of the best ones, then you're going to find a way to get there. And that's one of the things I love about the Spartan Race community is like you you know people who are going. So it's very possible for you to like go on the cheap and just stay with some friends. Like, hey, man, can I just sleep on your floor? Like, I'll yeah. get an air mattress or whatever. Just, oh, yeah, no you doubt. Can no make doubt. It as cheap as you want to. Um, and Kevin Donahue is one of the biggest proponents. He's like, you know, if it's important to you, you'll go do it. And this is one of the things that I talked about um, with someone else, with a lot of people. Like, I agree with the way how they're weighting these, um, these championship races because, in my opinion, it's kind of bullshit that someone, like, stays at home and races a smaller local race and gets as many points as myself or more oh, yeah. um, whenever I go to a, a championship race. So I'm, like, I'm... I don't want to say that I'm like chasing championships, but if I'm in a more competitive field and placing like in the top seventies or whatever overall, and someone goes to a local race and they come in the top ten, and but they're competing against you know not the same level of talent, why should they get as many if not more points than myself? Right, when I'm testing myself against the best of the best. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you got to think too, you know, because that weekend at Big Bear, there were still some pretty big names chasing, you know, the podiums at uh, Austin too. Absolutely, there were, and uh, but I think if if someone does well at like an Austin race and Big Bear's that same weekend, I'm going to go ahead and just you know I'll hedge my bet here and say, you know, I went to Big Bear, I would have probably fared much better in Austin, not because the talent was. Um, less competitive in Austin, but because Austin's not going to be as mountainous of a race. Oh, yeah, be, yeah, definitely. Not be at elevation. You know, I, so I would have a stronger overall performance in Austin, but I went to Big Bear instead. Oh, so yeah, it's like you said, you but, really wanna... you know, the people that went to Big Bear, you've got anybody that wants to be somebody on the national championships is going to that race. So it's exactly. like you said, the cream of the crop's going to be at that race, whereas you go to a small town race, you might have, you know, a few of them go there. Absolutely, and like I know that um, I believe Jordan Buscemi was in Austin that weekend and did very well, and he does very well in a lot of the um, yeah, Spartan races. And I really want to see what he can do um, if he goes to a national series race. I want to see how well he'll do because he's a stud, like he's a total stud. I want to see um, how competitive he'd be with some of those top top dogs. And I think I, I'm not sure um, what's keeping him from doing it because I think he'd, he'd surprise himself. I really want to see Jordan Buscemi up and do a championship race and he's got a very good opportunity in chicago yeah when is chicago is that next weekend that is um in two weeks gosh okay two so weeks. june 23rd so it's like oh, i was three I'm weeks i'm not sure when this is going to air but almost uh, three after weeks. this weekend it'll be two weeks yeah. yeah two weeks after this coming weekend mm. math so yeah <laughs> so is is that the last one and then it's west virginia or is there two more there's that's, Utah, actually. That's right, so Utah. That's I knew July. I was leaving one out. I knew I was leaving one out. And I feel that um, I'm I'm kind of familiar with the old um, Spartan venue from Utah, and it's uh, it used to be in Soldier Hollow. Soldier Hollow. Now it's in um, Eden, I believe, or um, it's a ski resort north of Salt Lake City. Right. And um, that terrain, it seems like it's going to be more like a um, San Jose where it's kind of like rolling hills, but I could be totally wrong on that, and I hope that someone corrects me, because I love being corrected. But um, <laughs> I remember Soldier Hollow being just fun. Like, it was like you had some uh, some hills, and it was just like a nice, like, valley, and um, very muddy, surprisingly. Hmm. But uh, I, I think it's going to be, like, a very good race. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, they have, I think, Spartan has announced, I'm not sure to what extent, that there will be a, a world team race qualifier oh, wow. at that particular the race in Utah on Sunday. So oh, that's cool. you get a chance to represent Team USA um, by going and doing the team race. Oh wow, that's cool. So, like whereas last year the uh, the world team race was kind of just like whoever like signed up made to a team their country. 
Yeah. Now there's a qualifier. So it's good that they put into qualifying um, a, a, a pass to qualify for this race to give it some more like legitimacy. Like, okay, this is actually the best team to represent North America that came from this North American race. Hmm. Well, that makes sense too, though, to be honest. Absolutely. So, uh, dang, I lost my train of thought. Man, I had something I was going to ask you, and I don't forgot. Um, no, that okay. Now, now I remember. Uh, so, I, you're running age group for points. Has there been any word on? Are they going to? Because we know they give out stuff to the elite points at the end of the year. <laughs> Is there any word if they're even going to do anything for the age group in points this year? I mean, I. I've not heard anything concrete outside of just the general statement that there's going to be like non-monetary prizes right. for people who do well overall. Um, but there's well, that's not cool. I mean, they fans. need to because com- the competitive heat was, it was kind of yeah. like an, I mean, well, it's all kind of an honor system, but I mean, competitive yeah. heat was an honor system all the way because I mean, it wasn't really being, you know, watched or held to the same standards as the elite even though you were supposed to run it like it was. So the age group, yeah. age group heats is serious. So I, I it, they need to award the point chance, the series, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. And whether it be like some type of official recognition, like, I don't know, like a write up or some pictures posted to Instagram, but I think there'll be something given to age group, uh, age group uh, winners, uh, just a matter of what, but, um, one of the biggest things, and this is something I've heard Kevin Donahue say, is like, you know, when's the when's the last time you had a chance to be like first at something, like to do something for the first time? So for real, so this is a brand new rollout, and I'm like, I'm kind of like, I went back and forth for a long time on this, and I was just like, oh, I'm going to run a league, who cares? And then like the more I got, like I talked with people about it, and like I, I eventually like bought into it. I was like, you know, this is this is the right step for the sport. This is something that I clamored for. Um, four years ago, that it's not fair to like put me in the same corral as Hunter McIntyre and expect me to perform, you know, like he does because right. he's just a different breed of athlete. Exactly. I want to compete against people who are like my peers, who like the same level of like um, athleticism that aren't necessarily professional athletes, but are very interested and very passionate about the sport. So I feel that's what age group is, and it takes me out of the pros. It gets me out of the women's way. Because uh, that's another thing. Is I feel that there are a lot of people who are still running the elite that have no business running the elite that oh, need to like drop and move out of the women's way. I hate that there are people with camelbacks still at the end of these like uh, the elite heat that goes off that the women are passing one two miles into the race. That yeah. just, you know they're either sidestepping them. The women are either sidestepping these people and possibly rolling an ankle or risking injury because these guys want to confirm start time when they can get the same confirmed start time. And yeah. they just register for age group and get out of the pro women's way. Yeah. It's almost, I mean, and I don't know how they would do it or how they could start it or whatever, but it's almost like that there needs to be a way to, uh, that you have to qualify to run a league. You know what I mean? I, mean, I, I, I totally I, agree with you. I mean, uh, I don't. They're, they're actually, go ahead. I mean, I, I, I don't know what would be the best way to set up a qualifier to do it or, you know, how to do that. But, I mean, I think it would be better to have a really small heat and let the men and women go out together. You know what I mean? Um, I agree with you. Uh, I really do. Um, And there's currently um, things in place that they can do it. It's just a matter of Spartan pulling the trigger. And I think that we're, we're on the cusp of them actually doing it. Uh, They have uh, Robert Cobble's algorithm. And it has like a, a, a numerical score assigned to each racer based on how they perform at races. And that's what so, he uses that for the stadium races too, doesn't he? He, he does. He uses it for everything. Every time, every time you've done a Spartan race, you have been entered into that algorithm. Uh, whether huh. you've done it as open, competitive, age group, elite, you're in there. And it tracks all your history. And so I think that's the best part is, is that now we have like numerical scores. Like I know I've seen mine before. and I'm like a high 60, low 70, depending on what point in the season I'm at. Yeah. Um, and I think that you can kind of like draw that line in the sand and be like, you have to score above like this to be 
be able to enter into the elite category. And the best part is, like, you have the chance that anyone can come up. Like, anyone can go for open to age group. And I think that's where, like, anyone can run age group. Anyone can. Yeah. And based on how you perform in age group, that's how Robert can get your numerical score because you're competing on the same course in the same conditions and held to the same standard as elite. So someone who comes out who's just like a freak athlete and scores like an 85 after running like one or two races, oh, well, now they have the opportunity to qualify for elite. And I agree with you. We need to have the men and women in one corral. And they send, they're sent off at 7.30, and you can send the next age group at 8 o'clock. No one's going to catch them. And they're off on their own. It's easy. It's much easier to referee at that point. So mm-hmm. I think that that's, we're, we're so close to it, and I think that they've just been, like, kind of proving the concept. And I think that we'll probably see it very soon. Like, I don't know if we'll see it next year. I'd like to see it next year, if not in the next couple of years. Right. I'm curious to see what's going to happen, say, after West Virginia – because I figure you're probably going to see a lot of people that run elite that don't qualify for Tahoe. They're probably going to start running an age group after West Virginia because, you know, they, they didn't qualify for Tahoe and elite. So they're, it's probably going to, you know, bum them out and say, well, I'm going to go try the age group thing. So I think you're going to start seeing the age group heat start thickening up a little bit after West Virginia. I think you too. I think you will too. And um, so here's the problem right now that we're facing with the difference between elite qualifications for world championship and age group qualifications for world championship. I think that you kind of hinted on this before earlier with a post on Facebook or Instagram is that um, there's no roll down for age group qualifiers. So based on how many slots your age group is allotted. So I know that um, I'm 30 to 39. Me like too. <laughs> so we've got ten spots. Yeah. So and it doesn't matter if you finish eleventh consistently, and the people in the top ten have already qualified. You're out. Like you, yeah. you don't qualify for Tahoe. Uh, whereas with the elite, so it goes down ten spots for the U.S. Championship Series races. Yep. So essentially, with five races, it will go down to fifty. Yep. And uh, then with uh, North American Championship, that will coin down twenty places. So there will be seventy people from the elite who go to the world championship in Lake Tahoe. Whereas for our age group in 30 to 39, so we've got 10 spots. Wow. So that's 10, 10, 10, 10. And so theoretically we should have 50, but how many new bloods are going to come in? So if I'm consistently finishing in the top 10 in all the U S championship races, I'm keeping someone from getting a world championship qualification. Luckily that didn't happen in big bear because my placement was so bad. Yeah. But in Chicago, I will, I've already qualified, qualified at San Jose, Jacob, uh, Bosecker qualified in Seattle. So if he and I finish in the top 10, we've taken two spots from someone. So uh-huh. We're going to have what I, what I feel is going to be a small corral of people in the 30, 39 age group in uh, Lake Tahoe. Mm. But we'll see. And that might be something they're wanting to do, you know. I, I think so. Because I mean, I you got to think um, you got those two elite heats. You got the qualified elite heat, and then you got the regular elite heat, and it's going to be the same way at West Virginia, also. See, so I mean, it's like it's a little bit of game, gamesmanship now, and yeah. uh, I think honestly, and this is my personal opinion, that if I were Spartan Race and I were rolling out this new age group category in the first year. I would keep the roll down for age group uh, racers until like maybe after it's like it's really taken hold and then um, see what happens. Maybe like maybe think about, okay, okay, now we'll stop the roll down. It's only top 10 placement or whatever it is for each individual because some age groups only have like five um, placements. So um, I think that's that's what I would have done. But um, Spartan kind of went back and forth on it and there's like, people who said oh well there was never an age there's never a roll down or there wasn't a roll down now there's not a roll down so as of right now there's no roll down for age group and i don't think that they're going to reverse their course um yeah. as of right now but we'll see um i'm just glad that the people that i know that i've chatted with that wanted to get their qualification have either got it or are very close to getting it and uh we'll see what happens with the remaining three races that have a uh, world championship qualifier uh remaining well, yeah, I qualified for West Virginia, but I there ain't no way I'm going to get top ten at the age group there. There's no way. So I'm. I'm you never know. You I, never know. You I, can have the race of your life. I guarantee you're going to beat me. I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but remember, I mean, I hate beef. 
I mean, I'm not going to Tahoe anyway. So somebody who's, I mean, because that's just so much money. Somebody else that's got the money, I would rather them be able to go. But, I mean, I'm still going to go and try my best, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I know you will. I'm sure that's going to be a that's going to be a thick age group heat there. I mean, you'll probably have. I think that will be. Um, it's going to be very competitive, and then we're going to be running through two elite waves in front of us too. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's that's always is catching people ahead of you. That's I mean, and that's what I enjoy. Like you know, when I I've always done road races or trail races, I enjoy like catching people. It's much better to be um, hunting than hunted. Yeah. Definitely. West Virginia is such an awesome venue. I don't remember it getting super tight on the trails. There was always times to pass. I mean, most of the time. It wasn't too bad. West Virginia was a cool venue. I'm really looking forward. That's one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to uh, going back to, along with Utah, because it's been years since I've raced in Utah. So those are the two um, race venues that I'm really looking forward to this year. Well, I've signed up. Me and... A couple of friends here in town, we've signed up to do the Ultra at Vermont this year, so I've never been there, so I'm sure it's going to suck. Oh, yeah, it's going to suck. But you, you've you done Vermont a couple of times, haven't you? I've done Vermont once, and I've always wanted to go back for um, revenge. Right. So that was uh, one of the races that absolutely showed me that I should be training dramatically different. And then I started training dramatically different, but it's just one of those races that you can't fake the fitness. Like it's either there or it's not. You have to be like comfortable running, for and running and hiking for long periods of time, just because that's going to be that's the game. Dude, How you need long... to sign up the ultra and go with us and do it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just told you I was I hadn't planned on doing any beasts, and now you're trying to talk me into an ultra. You are a bad. Hey, wait! Hey, what did you say, Kevin? Says when was the first time you've done something for the first time? <laughs> Oh, you have? That's that's an exorcism. Yes, I did the um, the Lake Tahoe Ultra in 2016, which that was a oh, that was a bad one too. Experience. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it wasn't. If I had done it in 2015, I would. Those people on that mountain in 2015 looked miserable. It was like overcast and cold and windy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least it was like sunny in 2016. It only started snowing after I had finished. And had to spend an hour looking for my backpack, which had been misplaced. So oh, that was the real obstacle. <laughs> That's when I got one of the best photos I've ever had, like where I'm just walking around with my um, drop zone bucket. Look, I look so sad because I was sad because <laughs> I was trying to find my backpack that had my ID, my credit card, and my phone so I can get back home or let anyone know that I was alive. Right. I heard a horror story about one guy coming to the drop bin area and he couldn't find his drop bin and somebody was sitting on it while. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know uh, he, he didn't know the guy was sitting on it. <laughs> that would be horrible. That's the stuff that nightmares are made of. Like I need food, I need water, I need something, and I don't have it. Yeah. So, man, is Tahoe worth going to? I mean, honestly, I'm I'm kind of jaded because this will be my fourth year going. But that first year, I enjoyed it so much. I even enjoyed it the second year. Um, Last year, I think I was like kind of over it being like the world championship venue. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, they did some gnarly things with the course last year that I didn't expect them to do that just made it like... Yeah, super long, brutal. hard obstacles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I think, honestly, it's worth it. Like For this to be potentially the last year the world championship is in North America... I, I honestly think if, if you have the money to get out there, I would do it. I, I really do think that it's, it's a one, you'll remember this experience like for the rest of your life if you go out there and race Lake Tahoe. Okay, wait a second, Bill. You saying this is going to be the last year that the World Championships for Spartans going to be in the United States? I'm not saying it is for sure. I'm saying that if it moves across. They're going to spread the um, love. If it, if, if it moves to Greece, I wouldn't be surprised. I know that there's been um, a lot of um, emphasis on getting the world championship to Greece to that, actual Sparta, and um, it that was would supposed be cool. to happen. Um, yeah, it was supposed to happen this year, uh, and it just didn't happen, um, from what I understand. And this is all like kind of hearsay, back channel type uh, talking. That um, the reason why the trifecta championship is in Greece this year is because it was supposed to be the world championship, but they just you know couldn't get everything signed, right. all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. So they brought it back to Tahoe for one more year. So this is actually kind of a gift that it's back in North America this year. Yeah, so, I think that's really close to the world's toughest mudder for that trifecta world exactly. championship. 
It's either on so, the same weekend or the weekend before, I think. I, I think remember. you're right. And, I mean, everyone makes their own um, decisions, and I'll have to really think about hard next year if I want to go to Sparta or not. And it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so yeah. it'd be hard to pass. But, yeah, if, if you do have the chance to go this year and you live in North America, I would really highly suggest if you want to do a world championship, uh, this is the one to do. Mm. Uh, I should have went last year, but man, I I got my coin like the weekend before, so I was like, man. Yeah, it's kind of hard to. Yeah, I get that. I really. Yeah, do. it but, was. I mean, you have your. It was hard to drop that money on the credit card because I really didn't have it to go. So I talked myself out of it. This sport <laughs> is so expensive for average Joe, man. Oh, oh, it absolutely is. I mean, I totally agree with you. That's why, like I said, if you can get like a troop of like four or five guys and split costs, yeah. that makes it a lot more affordable. It's still expensive, but it makes it a lot more affordable. Man, I ain't kidding you, dude. Like, I hadn't done it this I, – I did it like half of last year. I'd go out front, man, and I was like selling my free – because I bought the annual pass. I'd sell my spectator yeah. pass for like 10 bucks. <laughs> Make some of that cash back. <laughs> yeah, man. Shoot, it helped. Especially if I wanted to yeah. buy a venue shirt. and get me 10 bucks. I felt <laughs> kind of guilty doing that, so I quit. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, sometimes people need to make money. So there's a market out there. You found the market. Don't don't, don't be ashamed because you tap into a market that's very much needed. I started just selling my body for in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> If I would have known that. I've been practicing with my shake weights like you have been. I'm getting good. <laughs> I mean, my grip strength's on point because of that shake weight. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, people don't really know who Bro CR is on the West Coast, so I was wearing the shake weight 5K finisher shirt. No. And, um, and Big Bear, and someone was like, did you win that race? And I had to think, because I was like, oh, I, I forgot that I was wearing this shirt. I was like, man, you know it. I train every night. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Just like right off the top of my head. But he was like, I think that he, he was surprised that I had like a quip that fast. I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to make fun of me because of my shirt. I've heard it all. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. That's funny. Hey, man, I got a Thank couple you. of questions I want to run at yeah. you real far because we're getting close to an hour here. And I usually ask oh, everybody yeah. these because I just like to hear the answers. So, uh, man, what has been, like, your favorite race to date, and why? Uh, It doesn't have to be a Spartan race. uh, I mean, I really do enjoy trail running. Uh, Spartan races helped me kind of, like, find that passion, and I'm, I'm having a down year this year because I'm a little bit heavier than what I used to be thanks to all the uh, strength training that Dave Stenning has been doing. Yeah. Um, but I think there was a trail race that I did last year. I led the entire way. I led for nine miles out of a 15K. Wow. And I felt pretty good, but just did not have the gas left in me to keep first place. And somebody who had just played me perfectly, like just ran on my heels, passed me with three-tenths of a mile left, and I did everything that I could to, like, maintain it oh, and keep up with no. it and just couldn't. And it's, just, it's one of those, like, you know, you live and you learn. Like, I could have played a, I could have played a little bit smarter and, like, you know, dropped the tempo a little bit. So that's why I wasn't so gassed. But that was just, like, it was a fun race to kind of do, like, the back and forth. Like, you know, he's playing off yeah. of me. He pushed me hard. He pushed me to run hard. And uh, it was just, like, a local trail race. It was, like, $20 to register, and I just had so much fun. And uh, got to, like, enjoy, like, a nice summer day, summer morning, like, racing with some other guys who just, you know, weigh 30 pounds less than me. But um, <laughs> that, that was a fun race. So that was one of, like, my highlights so far of my racing career. That's cool, man. That's cool. So what has yeah. been, like, your worst race or the race you dislike the most and why? Oh, there's so many to <laughs> <laughs> So many to hate! Uh, like I'd, I'd like to say that um, the one in West Virginia, uh, not West Virginia, the one in um, uh, Wintergreen, Virginia, and like uh, Vermont in 2014 were, but those were like good like races that I just did so many burpees and just hated my life that like I can always, whenever I do like a Spartan race that I feel is like difficult. Like when I was doing um, Big Bear, 
I was like, well, it's not Wintergreen, and it's not, like, Vermont. So I just have those races as, like, you know, kind of a proxy. Like, okay, it's not this. So, like, I know it's not that bad, and I can go harder than this. I think um, one of the races, and I can't remember exactly what year it was. It was, like, it was an Indiana race. It was the Indiana Sprint, and it was just nothing but mud. And I just remember doing, like, all the burpees. Like, just doing <laughs> every burpee I could have possibly, even, like, this was back before they had the Z wall. It was the uh, traverse wall. I couldn't right. do the traverse wall. I couldn't do hardly any obstacles just because it was just caked in mud, like clay, like that Indiana clay mud. So, you know, you have Georgia clay. Yeah, red and clay. It was just so sloppy. And I was like, I just thought that I was like better. And this is like one of the first, I think this was 2015. So I was like, I really spent like from 2014 to 2015 training hard, training smart. I was like, I should be better than this. I shouldn't be finishing like this low. Like, what is going on? And so mm. that was just, like, a very frustrating race for me. Mm. How many burpees did you do that race? Like 120, maybe 150. Like, I lost, it was something, like, just abysmal. Like, just, and then um, Kevin Donahue gave me burpees at the finish line, because that was back when they had the Tarzan swing. Oh, so, yeah, I remember a, that. There's a Tarzan swing, fire jump, and then, you know, there's the finish. And so, like, I went, did the Tarzan swing, the rope was caked in mud, held on as long as I could, dismounted, thought that I got it, and Kevin Donahue, this is before I knew him, he's like, no, your foot hit on the other side of the white line. I was like, oh my gosh, you that sucks. Did you so cuss him out? Like Did you like cuss him out, man? Did you drop F-bombs? No, I was just like, he was wearing the zebra stripes, so I was no. like, okay, I'll go do my burpees. I was just mad. I was mad at myself. I, I appreciated his ruling because anytime a, uh, an official's like, oh, well, you did this, go burn, unless I know the rule, uh, like, in contrary, yeah. unless I know, like, oh, actually, I, this is the real rule, sir, I'm going to correct you, and I'll challenge you later, but since, you know, I knew I, I knew I had failed, I had one, line, one foot on the white line, on the inside of the white line, one foot on the other side, I was like, that would not be a touchdown in the NCAA, right. so I'm going to go over here and do my burpees. Right. Well, good for you for not being that guy. No, no, I, I would never be that guy. You know, growing up in a military family, you respect authority unless you are 110% sure right. you know better. Right. All right, so what obstacle do you enjoy the most? Um, I enjoy the carries. That's not technically an obstacle, but I enjoy them now because I – I like the, especially the double sandbag carries. I train with them like so often now that it's like seeing people like just contemplating their life while I'm just like working through it. Like, I, I love it, but um, I hate double sandbag. <laughs> <laughs> they really are awful, but um, and I guess you could say this, I really do enjoy the spear as well because it's a, it's a gimme now, and um, but that's also not an obstacle. Uh, I consider like the obstacles to be stuff like bender, twister, right. stuff like that. So um, as much as I hated hated bender last year and it just owned my soul really and i enjoy I, yeah i could it took me forever to figure it out like i just could not like get it for the first like five tries and um like five different races i had to do burpees every time at that and then uh, i tried it backwards for the first time in fort knox and it was easy and now i'm I, i'm monkeying around uh with a new technique uh, you know, I'm doing like the monkey swing and just kind of like playing around with it. You're talking stuff, about but, Twister. You know, like, you're talking about Twister. You said Bender. Oh, well, I like, I, I'm just talking about like when I talk about like obstacles, like real obstacles. Right, right. Like stuff that you actually like, yeah, it takes like a technique or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a strength component or um, a skill component. Uh, so I consider like Bender to be uh, like a real obstacle. Yeah. Um, twister, yeah. like the Z wall, stuff like that. So, yeah, like, definitely. My, I think my favorite obstacle is the Twister. It's the Twister right yeah. now. Yeah, I've seen where a lot of people are doing like a monkey swing on it where they'll skip a few holds and grab it, but I'm too scared yeah. to try it, man. I'm just going to stick with going backwards. It's been working good for me. I agree, but like thanks to the, the Spartan Race open houses, like I can kind of just like work around on it. And I was at um, Just Go Lift in San Diego um, last week, and they have a twister in their facility, so I was kind of working with the monkey swing there too. And I was like, I feel like good with it, but I know that if like the monkey bars are wet, oh, yeah. or if the... Uh, if the, if the bars are wet, I'm going to go backwards because I trust my grip going yeah, backwards. me too. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's that's a huge component. Like, if, if there's any moisture, if it's wet at all, um, I I can trust my grip now. And that's actually one thing that I was talking about. I prefer Twister to be wet uh, because people will fall off of it. And also yeah. it helps, like, whenever you're doing that backwards technique, it doesn't, like, 
it's not going to like rip your calluses off because that's it's a true. little bit like slick. You know, and when it's wet, I always take the um, the row that's got the uh, the black foam pieces on it. I think it helps when it's yeah. wet, but if it's dry, I, I don't. Exactly, and uh, I had never seen the pads until Big Bear, and I I went on the open house, and I know a lot of people were like complaining about the pads, and I was like, well, let me let me give the pads it turns. I've never yeah. before. Yeah, they turn, and I I didn't have any trouble with my grip. It was just like okay, so now I feel like comfortable with these if I if I need to jump on them because that's one of the things that um, kind of kept me from doing age groups. Like, well, what's the bottlenecks going to be like? Yeah, um, at the obstacles, and I haven't encountered any uh, bottlenecks yet. That's um, great. But in me neither. That I, oh, that's good. See, that's that's a big thing that I know was keeping a lot of people from jumping into age groups. So that's it's good that they found a way to like keep that from happening from being a problem. But uh, if I show up to Twister and, like, all the grips without the pads are taken, do I feel comfortable now to do one with the pads? And I do. So that's good that they do those open houses. Mm, yeah, I enjoy going to the open houses. I think West Virginia yeah. was where we was both playing around with going backwards. That was where I met you and uh, Jacob. We was yeah. there playing on Twister. That's a great way to network and meet people, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so, Bill, what obstacle do you hate the most? Uh, I mean, I kind of hate the over-under through. I mean, that's, that's, like, that's like an unpopular opinion, but I'm just like, I don't like, I don't like the change. I don't like going, I, I have no problem with the over wall. I don't like going under, and the through always, like, I always feel like I'm going to, like, wreck my lower back. Like, right. getting through that thing. So it's just kind of like a, it's an inconvenience. Like it's not fun. It's just like something that you do. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the uh, you know just the small little overwalls. You know, it's not yeah, it's, it's not super hard. It's just like a big ass tree that fell in the middle of the trail. You know, it's there. You got to get over yeah. it. Yeah. So Very like convenient. you know, most of the time the through wall is so low, people will take the time. To stop in front of the wall, grab the top of it, and jump both of their legs through it. It's yeah, so much easier to just run up to it, and as long as it's low enough, just step through it with your just your dominant leg. Step through it with your leg, bend down, and then just run with your other leg through it. You don't stop. Yeah, it's like about that. it's like fluid motion going through it. I'm going to try that next time. It's so much easier. I mean, because think of all the energy you waste by stopping, putting your hands on it, and jumping your body through when you can just step through it if it's low enough to the ground. I mean, I'd always thought about just doing like a swan dive, like through it and like tucking into it. Like I know, a man. It like makes you want to take up parkour. Exactly, yeah. but I'm not coordinated enough to do parkour at all. Me neither, but I've always thought, man, I know there's some badass out here that's done that. <laughs> my luck is i would be i would like practice it and get good at it and i would be like okay here i go i'm gonna dive through it and there'd be like a tree stump cut off on the other side and i just headbutt it you know concussion <laughs> yeah concussion i'm out medic <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a great way to be in that race what'd you do <laughs> oh i uh, swan dive through the uh through wall <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, man. So we're about here at time. Uh, you got you got any products you want to plug? I know you're sponsored, aren't you? Uh, I've got some different deals going on. Um, I think that some of the products that everyone needs to have, if you are an OCR athlete, if you're a weekend warrior like I am, Brave Soldier. Uh, that is the go-to product for all my uh, cuts, scrapes. I use the antiseptic healing ointment. Throw it on there. It uh, immediately numbs the pain. Wow. And it helps heal faster, and you can put it like Spartan Tough Band-Aids that are just not going to fall off. Like, you really have to try hard to uh, get them off. Um, and if you use code BROCR, you can get 20% off your order. Uh, we at BROCR, we pride ourselves on not promoting things that we don't actively use and believe in. And Brave Soldier, like working with Glenn, who owns the company, has been amazing. Like, he's just a great guy. He's got a great product. And I think that if you haven't heard of it, you need to look into it because if you race – as much as I do or as much as Scott does, uh, you need to have this. It's the last first aid kit you're ever going to need. It definitely doesn't hurt to have something like that. I know I've got kind of like a make-do thing that I always take with me when I go to races. You always got to have Band-Aids anyway. So. Absolutely. 
and you're right, you know, if you've already got like a blister or a sore on your foot going into a race and you put a Band-Aid on it, most of the time when you've run through mud or water, what what happens when you take your socks off? The Band-Aid comes right off with it. So if you're saying this company makes a really, really awesome Band-Aid, that sounds like it's worth checking into. It absolutely is. Like, I fully believe in the products they have. Use them all the time. You should definitely check them out. Cool, man. Well, hey, Bill, you got anything you want to add, man, before we close this thing up? I just want to say thank you so much for having me on, and uh, it was great chatting with you, as always. I'm looking forward to seeing you at some races coming up in the future. Cool, man. You got any other races you got coming up besides uh, Chicago and Utah and West Virginia, or is that pretty much it? So, um, Jacob and I are going to go to um, Michigan this coming weekend for uh, Toughest and Tupper. I'm not doing the eight-hour challenge because I'm not crazy. I'm going to do the uh, Tupper, which is the 10-mile competitive uh, right. in the morning on Saturday. And Jacob's going to do the eight-hour. Uh, Leah's going to be there as well. She's one of our new team members. She's doing the eight-hour endurance challenge as well. That's cool. And I'm going to be drinking and making fun of them the entire time that they're racing. Oh, you got to get some videos, man. <laughs> oh, I will. Like, I'm going to have so much fun like at their expense <laughs> and post it to BroCR. So make sure you check that out. Um, and... We're going to do some other local races in the Midwest. Like, we're going to do the Indiana Sprint. Uh, we're going to do the Michigan Super and Michigan Sprint. I have to skip the quote unquote Indiana or Chicago Beast. It's the Chicago Beast, uh, yeah. which is like an hour away from my house because oh, that's my no. daughter's uh, birthday party. So, I need to be there, you know, be an active parent. I can't race every weekend. And, uh, yeah. but like, yeah, doing local races in the Midwest. So, you'll see us there. Or you could just be like, honey, I got to go get something at Walmart for the party. Uh, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll, be I'll, be I'll be back six hours later. <laughs> the lines were nuts. Nuts, I tell you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, everyone wanted, like, this one thing. They were like, they had them in small quantities. So I'm so sorry that happened. And then my car broke down. Someone <laughs> died, too. <laughs> and I was trying to change the tire. I couldn't get the lug nuts to break. It's been a bad day. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, why are you do- Why are you dirty? Why are you muddy? Why are you in your racing clothes? It's just been a long day. I just, I need to go sleep right now. <laughs> hey, Bill, how can people uh, look look you up and look up BroCR? I know y'all got Facebook pages and Instagrams. Uh, yeah, so uh, you can find us on Instagram. It's at BroCR Media. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook. Just search BroCR, B-R-O-C-R. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Bill Brumback OCR, and uh, you can just add me on Facebook. So I'm a pretty nice guy, or try to be most of the time. Um, and love to chat. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out uh, through my Instagram, through Brociar's Instagram. That's me behind the Brociar Instagram. I'll answer any question as best as I can, and if I don't know the answer, I'll be sure to get it for you from someone who does know. Sounds good, man. Hey, Bill, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. Hey, anytime. Thank you so much for having me on again. Appreciate it. And we're going to have you on Brociar very soon. Cool, man. Sounds like fun. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Peace. Peace. Hope you enjoyed the interview, guys. I want to thank Bill again for taking the time to talk to me. Super cool guy. And so is Jacob. If y'all ever see Brociar to race, y'all need to go up to him and say what's up. They're super cool guys. Uh, let's see. I'll be at Terrain Race with uh, Leanne and my buddy Michael. And it's uh, at Conyers June 9th, I think. But anyway, we're planning on running two to three laps. So if you see us there, come up to us and say what's up. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review on iTunes if you want to. You can tell me how much we suck. We love it. Anyway, we'll see you at the next race. Peace.